Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and those of you with nothing better to do with an internet connection, Paul Johnson and Shane Hofer are proud to present the Total Stickcast. Buckle up and enjoy the unscripted, unadulterated neurosis. <laughs> all right, welcome to the Total Stickcast. My name's Paul Johnson. I'm a freelance writer, author, vlogger, creator of the Total Stick Show, and all kinds of other stuff. You can head on over to everythingpaul.net to get an eyeful of all of that. And with me this week is the official DM of the Total Stick Quest, musician and beard aficionado. That would be Terry oh, Savage. That's me. The me and the beard is back. Excellent. And we have a very special guest this week, author of Ruby Slips and Poker Chips and winner of Dan Alatore's 2018 Word Weaver Writing Contest. That would be Heather Kent. Hi, I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm saying your name right then? Yes, it's Kent. Okay, perfect. There we go. Excellent. Uh, I like to find those things out in the spur of the moment. You know, that's... Oh, exactly. That's how I like it. Yeah. They always, <laughs> they, always, they always mispronounce it a safe way, so... Oh, seriously? What do they say? Oh, oh, kedaint and things like that. Kedaint? How did they yes. get kedaint from that? Who knows? Yeah. Ah, Why would geez. you come out with a risk like that? Like, just play it simple to start with, and then, you know, if exactly. it's something insane, you can apologize and move on, but wow. Exactly, right. yeah. Um, well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about you and your journey to winning Dan Alatori's contest? Okay. Um, so, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I'm close uh -huh. to Canada, uh -huh. and, you know, <laughs> as my husband likes to say, New Hampshire. And uh, I, grew, I was a child of the 80s, and I got a lot of my writing ideas from that time period. Um, so anyway, last summer, I decided to enter a writing contest with a chapter from a book that I wrote about eight years ago. And the name of the book is Ruby Slips and Poker Chips. And I won first place. And I was in Europe at the time, and Dan was emailing me in Ireland. And I was just ecstatic because I was like, oh my gosh, because I had taken this book before and I had sent it out to different agents and basically got rejections. <laughs> so to win a contest was very exciting. Yeah, okay. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's good to get a little bit of a, a confidence boost like that from something like that. That's awesome. It was, it was. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, if I could win first place, uh -huh. you know, I would I would be able to have this book published to actually have a physical book, which was mm -hmm. very exciting to me. Yeah, no, instead to of see on, something. Yeah, and, instead yeah. of sitting on my computer for eight years. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, you, said, yeah. you, you had finished it eight years prior. How long did it take you to write? Um, probably less than a year. I'm, okay. I'm a fourth grade teacher, and I had a year that I wasn't teaching, and my daughter was in preschool. So I would take her to preschool in the morning, I would go to the library and write, and then I'd go pick her up, she'd come home, eat her lunch, take a nap, then I'd write. <laughs> so I had, I had some time that I finished actually two books during that time. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, no doubt that is that is fast. You hear a lot of talk about people fighting writer's block and that kind of stuff. That's that's quite a lot of writing done in a short period of time. It was, and my husband was awesome about playing with the kids on the weekend, so I could write. <laughs> oh, that's it really was just good. it was my thing. I was excited about it. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, so that was. I mean, that's something I always like to talk about. I guess uh, to get started is a lot of people who write and stuff like that uh, fight a lot for time and that kind of stuff and scheduling. And it sounds like at least when you got started doing that, you you pretty much had all the time you could ask for. I did. I did. I was substitute teaching as well, but I did have a lot of time that year, and it was really great to be able to to write those books and and get my thoughts and feelings out on the paper. Uh, do you do you do a, like now that you are obviously um, working because you you teach fourth grade, correct? I teach fourth grade. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, teaching. Do you find that you spend a lot of time uh, writing down little notes and stuff like that of work? Are you are you the type of writer that's always writing things down, or do you find it easy to focus into kind of your writing space and your time for that? Yes, I have to kind of, when my writing time's my writing time, my teaching time's my teaching time, and I really can't mesh the two. Um, okay. So, basically, I just try to sit down and write when it's that time, and I try to do it in the evenings, I can, and on the weekends. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I do get a lot of ideas from the classroom. 
Or oh. Maple Ruby slips him for chips. Ah. Yes. Yes. Those kids <laughs> say the darnest things, don't they? They do, and I've worked with some interesting people before that have kind of shown up in books. Oh, yeah. Okay, co-worker-wise and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, the, so, the Ruby Slips in Poker Chips is based off of the Wizard of Oz. And yeah. so the witch is a principal I had in the past. Oh, okay. Uh, do, yeah. do, des- do describe. <laughs> That's telling. Yes, do uh, describe. Well, no, if you can. Yes, do, do describe. describe. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really um, have a chance to read all. You know, I oh, read. I'm I sure. read Cabin I'm Five. Sure. I read Cabin Five, though. But I do want to hear. Right. Uh, I do want to hear about this vice principal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a principal. Oh, principal. Sorry. She, she rode a Harley to school. She had blonde, spiky hair. Sometimes oh, okay. wore a leather jacket. And would often use choice words with parents in meetings. So it was, yes, she was kind of my own real life witch. So I had to include her in here. And she's no longer with us. So I feel like I could say that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that makes it a little better. Well, that, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, for a second yes. there, I thought you were describing my mother because she, no, prin- no. she was vice principal and wrote her Harley to school. Did she really? Oh, yes, gosh, but no. she was she was a good vice principal and much loved. So, yes. so she she was my inspiration for okay. writing that book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she sounds a little bit like a character from a weird '90s movie, but oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can always no, make was... some kind of sit- sitcom out of it, like Biker High School. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so always... I, I go ahead. I don't I don't go to counseling. I just write it all out in a book (laughs) (laughs) i think a lot of people who create little things kind of feel that way that it's a it's an apt and cheaper um substitute to professional help (laughs) it's payback right (laughs) yeah it's payback there we go but they never Um, have to know about it (laughs) yeah have has anybody you um are you aware of anybody you work with or, or maybe students parents or anything like that that has read your work and come back to you and commented on that or I have a lot of friends. Um, I've asked a few people who used to work with me at that school to read it. And okay. some some of them have told me that it's funny and they've enjoyed it. And I actually, there's a couple of other characters in the book that are kind of based on people who work there. and But it, they're not like main characters. They're just kind of subtly in there. Mm-hmm. She's the only main character. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. And of course, uh, so- we have, you know, we have the, the Scarecrow. The Tin Man yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and the Lion in there. And so those are fun characters. And the Wizard, of course. Okay. Do you want to talk a little more about uh, Ruby Slips and just tell us a little bit about kind of the, the premise of it and this, that, how it was inspired by the Wizard of Oz, how you came to that? And... Okay. So um, it's, a, it's about a teacher named Dottie Gale, and she works at a school in Kansas. And she has a boyfriend there that is a school board member and actually is an ex-boyfriend and she thinks that he cheated on her in high school and so anyway um he still really is in love with her and he didn't actually cheat on her i shouldn't say that should i yeah, spoiler. <laughs> <So> anyway <laughs> sorry cut that out so anyway um so she um he decides that because he has a pretty good business owning a local bar that he's going to support a teacher and the principal and himself to go to Las Vegas for a teacher conference there. And so conveniently, Dottie wins in a drawing that she gets to go to Las Vegas. And the principal works it out that Dottie doesn't get to fly there. She has to drive her broken down Jeep to Las Vegas. And so, and and on top of that, she has to pick up two teachers along the way. And so then we, we get our scarecrow and our lion, and then our um, tin woman is actually a hitchhiker. Oh, okay. so, so they go, uh, she has to decide along the way whether she should take the Interstate 40 or Route 66, and of course, someone tells her to follow Route 66. And they end up in Las Vegas, and lots of fun things happen between the characters and the witch, and gets and tries to foil Dottie's plans and it's a lot of fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know um uh Terry read Cabin 5 
Oh, I yes. loved it. Really enjoyed that. Did I you? really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, well, did you have some and, questions? <laughs> well, is, are you from a small town, and have you been to summer camp? Because it's like you read a chapter of my past, except that was a guy. <laughs> I I actually worked in when I was in college at a camp in New Hampshire. Yeah. And and I actually worked in Village Five. That was my cabin. And. <laughs> Originally, and you know, I was not going to enter this contest because horror is not my thing. Yeah, it worked and, really well. I enjoyed it. Well, and you know, it came from a real life experience because the finger actually was a mouse in my underwear drawer that actually oh. happened. <laughs> yes. Wow, look at that correlation. Uh huh. And I actually had it as a mouse at first, and my husband said, "No, no. you have to change Make it that a finger." Yeah. <laughs> that is not, that is not, she breaks one rule and there's a mouse in her drawer. No, it has to be the other guy's finger in there. So, yes, yeah. no, I was, uh, so, I'm from a small town. So I worked at a, at a, at a gas station, sucking on Slurpees. And I also went to summer <laughs> camp. So I was like, whoa, this story hits home really well. Yeah, Except I, I went to cadet camp and that's uh, way different than your traditional summer camp, okay. but still summer camp. But you were saying no, something, I, I, go on. I, no, I live in a small town now. So yeah. I live in uh, okay. a small town in Colorado. But I grew up kind of in a, I don't know, I think it was like the fourth largest town in New Hampshire. But near Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Like you said, Boston. I'm going to make fun of that accent all day now. Huh? <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, um, and, so my other questions yeah. uh, were, uh, so who are your inspirations for r your writing? Well, um, different writing comes from different places. So yes. my first story that I wrote is called The Weaver, which is actually going to be published next autumn, mm -hmm. um, 2019, mm -hmm. by Parliament House Press. And, Congratulations. Yeah, 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 it's the first of a trilogy I read. Yes. It is. Yes. Yeah. And, awesome. um so when I got started writing back in, oh, I want to say 2008, 2009, I started mm -hmm. writing The Weaver and I had just finished my master's degree in reading. And I would write papers for my master's degree on the weekends. And then <laughs> one weekend, I just didn't have much time. So I'm just like writing as fast as I can. I'm like, oh, I can't put as much effort into this paper. And I still got an A. And I was like, oh, I must be kind of good at this writing thing if I'm still getting an A, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, it was kind of like a perfect storm. And I know guys go, ooh, when they hear this, but I was reading the Twilight series. Uh, and, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> and it was like a friend of mine that I taught with at the time said, you know, it's kind of like crack. I mean, we were so addicted to these books, we couldn't put them down. And I was like, when I finished them, I'm like, I could write a story. I could be like Stephanie Meyer and write a story. And so I started writing The Weaver. And <clears throat> and so anyway, I just threw myself into The Weaver and that's where the inspiration for that came. Um, the Weaver takes place actually at the college that I went to in Massachusetts. Uh, oh. Speaking of yeah. inspirations, yeah. There yeah. you go, yeah. And it's actually part of the book is set in Revolutionary War times and part of the book is present day. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, very yeah, interesting. You, you must know your history then from the Revolutionary War. Um, I had War. to do research as I was going. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, growing up there, I've, I've been to a lot of the places that are mentioned in the book. So. Right. Yeah. Canada doesn't have history like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> we do, We do. <laughs> we but it's like we know the War of 1812 where it's like, yeah, we burned down the White House. Woo, that's all we know. <laughs> <laughs> French, and, French and Indian War or something like that, right? Yeah, uh, I think yeah, it depends. Yeah, I guess so. Upper yeah. Canada, Lower Canada, the English fought the French and then all yeah. the rest of the natives. So, and then uh, you have people that still speak French there. So, yes. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah we still. I went they, to Quebec a few summers ago. Uh, okay. <laughs> Everyone yeah. goes to Quebec for a summer. Yeah, it yeah. seems that way. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, have you been anywhere else throughout Canada? Yeah, I've been to um, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I've been to um, Victoria Island. I've been. My brother went to uh, Bible College up there in Alberta. Yeah, that's uh, where we are. That's where we are. Oh, you're, okay. <laughs> I think it's closed down now. Oh. Um, no, it's still open. The province is here. Oh, <laughs> the province is there. Okay. <laughs> Almost closed down. 
Um, um, that was actually going to so, be one of my questions: Is have you ever been to Canada? I have. Yeah. Yes. A. Yeah. Okay. A. <laughs> a. Oh God, no! I, okay. I don't. I don't uh, speak Canadian very well, though. <laughs> my my wife is picking up on it, so she's from Florida. Uh, oh, is she? From, okay. Yeah, Louisiana actually uh, lives in Florida, and she's picking up on the Canadian just a little bit here and there. Oot a boot a. I'm picking up on the Coloradan here. Er and fur and stuff like that. So I didn't realize Colorado had an accent. They do. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Weird. Yeah. Well, you've traveled a lot. Um, do you do you have a favorite world accent that you've encountered? Um, I took six years of French, so I guess I better oh. say French, right? <laughs> no, no okay, obligation. No, that say sounded French, <laughs> but there are uh -huh. different dialects of French. So is it Quebecois or uh, Parisian French? <laughs> Um, I'm gonna have to say Parisian French. Okay, because, yeah, that's the right answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but je ne parle français, so. Yeah, je ne parle français. <laughs> français. Okay, oui. comfortably too, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I, I said I do not. Do I do not speak French. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. That's all I have to know, so people know, and they start speaking English to me. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Or just yeah. give you, like, a weird look and walk away. Because, I don't know, exactly. I lived in Montreal for a little while, and that's how it felt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was like, oh, you don't speak French, I'm sorry, bye. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <Right>. bye. <laughs> not even <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. My parents told me not to associate with people like you. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them have that attitude over there. It's actually oh, a little scary. Yeah, they do. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't speak French, I'm not even going to talk to you. Kind of like get well, out, you English people, and it's like, oh, okay. There's <laughs> some well, we low-key racism. Yeah, we were there last summer, and they were very friendly and very kind. As well, in Italy, they were very friendly and very kind and helpful. So, okay. for the most part, yep, yeah, it was good. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I guess back to writing stuff. Um, okay, as you started off, didn't you? Uh, first time you published um, Ruby Slips was independently, right? You published as yes. an indie? Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, do you want to talk a little about that experience? What drove you to do that rather than um, kind of pounding the traditional wall of publishing and this, that? Yeah. Sure. Um, so when I won the contest, part of the package was um, helping to get the book published. And so the package was through Moy, Moy Hill Publishing, which is, I believe, in England. Okay. And um, Dan got me set up with them and Dan Alatori, and Dan also helped me through the whole process. He walked me through the whole thing. He critiqued my book. He um, worked on helping me um, get beta readers. So that's another big part is you need to have people that read and make sure that there's nothing wrong with the book. And, um, and then I had to find a cover that I wanted mm -hmm. and and then Moy Hill helped me to um, set up the book so that it was all set up. And then they helped me to get it ready to go onto Amazon. And if I wanted it on Barnes and Noble and other um, places. Right now I have it exclusively on Amazon because I'm part of the KU part. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that means that I, if people can read it and for free, uh, then I get paid for a certain number of pages that are read. Mm -hmm. huh. It's been a while it's since I actually picked up a book. I should get back into reading. <laughs> well, at least you read Cabin 5. There you go. Yes. I read lots at the beginning of the year, and then I think the summer came around, and I was like, yeah, no, no time for books. <laughs> that's, my, that's my best time for books. <laughs> to sit outside and read. and Yeah, no yeah. teaching. Yeah. I did a lot of reading when I was in Mexico. That was nice. Um, okay. Yeah, so... So, you know, um, one of the other parts is the marketing, which is really tough. That part oh, is, you know, because I love writing the books. I don't like marketing my books. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, no, you kind of you have to be high on yourself to market it. It's the best oh, book ever. <laughs> I know. I know. And then I have another friend, Allison Maruska, who actually got me connected with Dan in the first place. And she's here in Colorado. I worked with her at a school before. And she has quite a few books published, and she was helping me 
with how to set up a website. I had no idea how to do that. You know, just all this technical stuff that's yeah. caught up my alley. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot to it. I mean, it's not just you write a book and there it is. I mean, you have to market the book nowadays and that's mm -hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. Being why independently can't, why published. Why can't you just be, write a book and sit back and relax, you know? Like the well, old days. Oh, look at me, I wrote a book. Here you go, now go publish it. Give me the royalties. Yes, I'm going to sit here and smoke on my pipe. <laughs> sure, if you want like 10 people to read it that you are your friends and family. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah I guess so. <laughs> and on the same token, too, the, the olden days of doing that required the one in a million shot that you're going to get taken in by a publishing house. Right. Exactly. But you don't, right. And the thing with independent publishing is that um, by going down that avenue, you're taking out the one in a million aspect of it, but you're also putting everything onto your own shoulders. You're putting exactly. all the marketing onto your own shoulders. You're putting all the, the responsibility of editing, finding editors, finding beta readers, finding all of this different kind of stuff onto your own shoulders. So it's a, yeah, and, it's definitely pay, a lot more responsibility. You have to pay for all that too. You have to pay for it. Yeah. 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 So um, there is a lot with that. Um, and even being picked up by a publisher now, they still want me to do some of my own marketing and, you know, marketing my book and doing that and being part of that process. Mm -hmm. To get your face so out there and, and be yeah. attached to it, yeah. Because yeah. that's who mm -hmm. the readers want. They want to see the author out there. Mm -hmm. So you got to have an Instagram page so they can see you instead of actually read your book. I don't. Know. <laughs> I, try, yeah. I try not Twitter. to put my yeah. face out there yeah. too much. No. But I do. I have uh, right now. I have Twitter. I have Facebook. I have yeah, Instagram. I guess that's what the younger readers use. So kind of because the the Weaver is for younger readers. So I'm oh, okay, to get it out there more. <laughs> Well, well I that's, guess maybe... that's the market, right? Is the young readers. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Maybe that kind of leads to another question I was going to ask you. You write um, primarily in the YA genre for young adults. Um, how um... has. Oh. <laughs> well, Ruby Slips and Poker Chips is for adults. Okay. Um, and apparently, The Weaver is more NA. Have you heard of that genre? No. New Adult. It's called New Adult. And oh, what is because that? it's for like 1825 about oh. so so the weaver is about a girl that's in college so it's more new adults interesting okay i just okay, found okay. that i just found this out so <laughs> yeah i have not even heard of that no 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 yeah no, no that's very interesting okay well, i guess that kind of fills a bit of that because i was going to talk to you a little about that with ya but i guess i'd be talking to the wrong person i'm terribly sorry oh um, no you can still talk to me about it that's funny <laughs> <laughs> but i was going to mention that there's kind of that changing perception that a lot of a lot more adults are even reading in that that genre and kind of how does that affect the content that um you're putting in and this and how that affects your perception of the work that you're doing um but i guess having that room for na kind of covers that because well, it is it that does. in between space i'm one of those adults that likes to read young adult and so yeah. i think that if it's something that i love to read when i'm writing it then i'm thinking other people will love to read it um my first i got my first edit back from from my publishing house and the editor told me he, how much she loved the weaver and she's like i couldn't put it down and she's like i sometimes i forgot i was editing it wow <laughs> because, that's very yeah. cool that's mm -hmm. an yeah. awesome compliment no doubt so that that made me think you know if i love it and what i'm loving what i i'm writing what i love to write then hopefully other people will love it too well now i want to become a writer <laughs> well, that's actually that's actually one of my questions there is kind of uh okay. what advice would you give to an aspiring writer uh, especially for someone who wants to do short stories like cabin five get little sleep <laughs> get little <laughs> sleep uh, okay i'm never meant to be a writer <laughs> no the reason i said that is because i wasn't gonna i like i said before i wasn't gonna enter that contest and Dan um, had it out there and I was like, one night I didn't get very much sleep at all. And I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm going to enter this. I'm going to enter it and I'm going to come up with some story that's some horror story. And I wrote it in three hours. <laughs> and, wow. Wow. I, and what I would say is go off, off what you know. I mean, I knew that camp. I thought, well, there could be a horror story at this camp. No, any camp could have a horror story at it. I've seen movies with that are set at camps. You know, that <laughs> All the I'm Jason not, movies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not much of a 
horror movie. And I told Dan, because I'm part of the upcoming anthology that's coming out with, with these um, horror stories in it. And I said, Dan, please send me the ones with the least horror in them to critique because I cannot stand blood and guts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and he said, he wrote back, he goes, like a finger in a drawer? And I'm like, yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that write what you know, right? things that that move you i think that's what's important and so writing the other two stories that i entered that i went on are part of a bigger novel but right. this 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 story was just a standalone short story hmm. okay okay well, obviously <laughs> um dan has been a uh, very a major source of support to you and kind of help you through that process and stuff like that uh what's your experience been like with other aspects of um the indie community because it is very much there's a lot of community involved and sometimes those are uh for a lot of people those are really the main points of contact and main points of you know like how do you, did you go about this the main point of you know information um, are these small communities to form online and stuff? Uh, what's your experience been like with those? Um, they've been huge. I actually joined a book club that's okay. um, of writers, and so we read each other's books, and then we leave reviews online, and so that way that helps the readers build uh, the writers build up reviews. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's been very supportive. Um, they also like retweet things I put on Twitter, and I retweet their things. Uh, I've also been, um, also have started to form connections with people that I've met through Dan. So okay. I have other authors, like I just um, beta read for another author, a, a vampire story that she has coming out. Ooh, and cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, it's very important to make those connections and, you know, help each other and support each other and um, promote each other's work. And I think that's huge. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that's such a big aspect of, of, of the is. independent community and stuff like that. It really wouldn't be what it is without without that uh, attitude of mutual support and stuff like it that. It is. And yeah. you know, we actually, um, I have it going on with my new publishing house as well. Um, we've formed a little bond between the authors who have books coming out and we're supporting each other. And um, right now we have our books up on Goodreads and we're all clicking on there that we want to read each other's books so that we can build that up as well. Okay, great. Okay, awesome, awesome. I guess that was kind of a bit of, I was going to ask you what it was like um, beginning to work with a, a publishing house and stuff like that, some of the differences you're seeing, I'm not, like, time, uh, uh, deadlines, things like that. Anything like how that transition's been from being independent to working with them? Um, so there are deadlines, and so when I first started with them, I sent in the manuscript. They um, had someone who critiqued it, sent it back. Then I had an, about a month to get it back. Um, she had a month to do it, but she had it back in like a week, so it was really fast. Oh, wow. And then I got a second round of critiques, and then I had another month to send it back. And that's about where I am in the process right now. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not very far because it's not coming out till next fall. Yeah. So I don't have I don't actually have a cover yet. In fact, they gave me a placeholder and I, you know, I put it in all my um, advertising and I have some of my relatives saying, "Oh, I love your cover." And I'm like, "No, it's not the cover. It's the placeholder. <laughs> <laughs> my cover's not going to have a skull on it." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so. It's just kind of funny trying to correct them. <laughs> well, maybe it should have a skull on it. If it does. Um, maybe the last book in the trilogy could have one called The Ender, but probably not the first two. <laughs> okay. It just doesn't feel appropriate for you for kind of what's inside of it. Not for the first book, no. Yeah, okay, okay. Is there yeah. anything about those books, about that series that you wanted to <coughs> plug or get out there? Or, um, yeah, that would be Any place where people can pre order? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So um, the Weaver trilogy is about a girl who's going to college. Her name's Lainey Holden, and she um, is writing a book about the Revolutionary War time period because she loves history, and she actually, her parents own an antique store in New Hampshire. And so she's writing, and all of a sudden, things start to happen. Um, she gets attacked in the subway station, and someone steals her backpack. And it is 
puts the pieces together and she realizes it that it's the antagonist from her book that had attacked her. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah, and then she a little bit later in one of her classes, she sees this guy and he just reminds her of some of this man in her book that she's basically in love with the character in her book. And so all these things start to happening that I just don't want to give things away. So mm -hmm. um but it's basically the characters start coming out of her book and she has to deal with um ramifications of that so and this is on the on the blurb so i can say this but um the antagonist is coming out of her book because he wants her to end the book differently than oh, wow. the way that she okay. ends it uh, so she's, he's basically going to try to force her to end her book differently oh wow so, because okay. he's a drunk he's a drunk and and he ends up having a bad life because mm. you know he's the bad guy in the book <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Things are supposed to suck for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's, that sounds freaking awesome. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a fun book. It is. And yeah, so it's yeah. The Weaver, and then the second book's going to be called The Watcher, and the last book's called The Ender, which are the which are basically the character names in the book. It's kind of like a little universe of its own. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so you said that you're very, uh, well, very disciplined. Maybe it just comes naturally, but you're very disciplined with writing times. Like you don't, you're not jotting things down all day long. You use your writing time for writing time. Uh, what about writing space? Well, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, my husband came up to me and he said, "You know, I'm going to redo our little junk room area into your office." <laughs> So we went to Ikea and we got all these cool things. We got a new desk. We got, we painted the, it was like this really dark, ugly brown in there. And it was really depressing. And so we painted it like a really light blue. And we put um, all the, we painted the bookshelves white. And we put um, decorations for like the Wizard of Oz type stuff in there. Oh, that's and, cool. Okay. Yeah, and so now it's like this really awesome office that I use sometimes because my kids take it over for their homework or for my son's Rubik's Cubing. <laughs> and so <laughs> sometimes okay. I end up on the couch or the bed. Or <laughs> so it's a really awesome office for me that my kids use too much. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to spiral off on a side note here at all, but uh, your son's Rubik's Cubing? As yes. a verb, what what exactly what is he a Rubik's cube champion of some nature? <laughs> <laughs> He's obsessed with it, so um, he can actually he does the um, what's it the three by three Rubik's cube. He can solve it blindfolded now. He worked on it all summer. Oh wow! Uh, so he goes to competitions and things. Oh, He's working on it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I thought I was probably exaggerating slightly, but barely, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, very my, cool, okay. Yeah, my son is kind of nerdy, but he's cool. He does cross-country and all that, so. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done awesome. cross-country. You mean cross-country skiing or just cross-country running? <laughs> cross-country running. Oh, I was, thought, I was yeah. more excited for the skiing part. <laughs> yeah, no, we do more downhill skiing here. Yes. Well, we can yes. do both. We can do both in any yeah. kind of snowy area. True. But um, no, I lost my train of thought. My bad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> just... I know the, Rubik, the Rubik's cube got you off track. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that the Rubik's cube derails our conversation is why we're not good at a Rubik's cube. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the exact how that matters. Yeah. I do not have the patience. <laughs> No. I'm in the same boat as you, so don't worry. I don't have the patience for hearing the clicking all day long. So. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I bet. I never thought of the auditory experience of a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Yeah. In the car, on the airplane to Costa Rica this summer. Oh, all the time. Non-stop, eh? Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I've asked you a lot. Uh, Terry, did you have anything else? Uh, that you, uh, that you wanted let's to... let me look at my... Yeah. Uh, no, no give you my last question was, you know, have you ever been to Canada or better yet, Alberta? But, okay, but we covered I... that. We covered that. I'm all Wait, out of questions. What's the capital there? Uh, Edmonton, but Calgary is the better city. Okay, so, I, so when I was a kid, I went to the Calgary Stampede. Hey! Nice. And it was... 
and it was on the 4th of July. Yep. Okay. And everybody there saying happy birthday to the United States while we were there. <laughs> and oh. then and then I've been to the Edmonton Mall and I went to that sw- big swimming pool there. Yep. Okay. When I was a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, you 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 checked off the two major attractions you got here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all there the, is, huh? That's all there is. <laughs> that's the only experience. We talked about the stampede on the last Back when it was happening on the podcast, because oh, did you? Well, people in Calgary don't go to the Stampede. I okay. actually went this year finally, but it's kind of like a crazy cowboy Comic Con comes to your town. It doesn't leave for ten days, mm-hmm. and it's all uh, people from out of town, and they don't know how to drive, and everything's expensive, <laughs> and everything's country and country and country and country and country, and you're like, oh god, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and oh, I'm always wow. afraid that it leads people coming here as tourists to believe that we actually dress that way all year round when yeah. we actually don't. <laughs> we don't. Like, so wait uh, a minute, you dress that way actually? No, we don't. We don't dress <laughs> like cowboys Not all you. year round. <laughs> just stampede, yeah. Oh, and just man. get just so you know, it doesn't snow all the time here either. No, neither does it. He- Either does it? I I bet the the neither does it here except maybe today. Yeah, oh, is it? It's gonna snow. It's like ninety here, and I I swear snow is a myth where I live. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, we last year we barely got any, and we get forest fires instead. So wow. Yeah. We uh, well, it started snowing on heavily on Halloween last year, and didn't stop all the way till April. I'm talking about like awesome. the snow. The snow was up to my head, leaving my porch. Kind That's of stuff. awesome. Yeah, it was kind of like, go away. <laughs> Just wanted to stop snowing. But here we are, middle of September, and uh, it's like 33 degrees out, 33 Fahrenheit. Um. So you, you say 92, and both me, I'm like, what? Well, yeah. I'm like, That's like 25 degrees Celsius, I think. It, it's warm. I'm no there good at go. that. Yeah, I don't. Me neither. Yeah. I know. I do this with my <laughs> wife all the time. I'm like, I have no. I, I can tell you, it's cold here. There we go. Yeah. There you go. I had to break <laughs> out a scarf today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're we're at that point now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... I would say today was the first day that genuinely felt like it had winter in the air. Yep. So you you, know, are you yeah. gonna send it down this way? Send yes. it this way. Okay. Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> all right. If you want it, power <laughs> to you. Take it. Take the whole thing. Go ahead. I might take like 70, but 90 is a little bit. I'm like sweating right now, so. Lucky. Ah. <laughs> yeah. We just Lucky. turned the heat on in my house. I could feel it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be that day for us too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cold. Yeah. So what do you, um, apart from, you know, talking about the weather and stuff and traveling, right. what are some uh, part-time, like, what do you do in your spare time? Do you have, and also, do you have any other projects on the go apart from writing? Some people have multiple things on the go. Oh, projects. You know, um, I basically, I write, I read, I hike with my husband and my family. Um, we've hiked some of the 14,000 foot mountains here. Wow. Um, we, we love to travel. I've kind of talked a little bit about my traveling. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that, I mean, I don't know how much you know about teaching, but it takes up a lot of time when it's school time. Does <laughs> I mean, it? Okay. I bring it I br- oh, I bring it home with me. It's It's a lot of work. Wow. And like today, I had a meeting at seven fifteen. School started at eight, and then I had a meeting after school as well. So today, I said today was my marathon day. <laughs> wow. um, mm-hmm. But then, um, as far as what's coming up with writing, I do have another series that I'm hoping to write after the Weaver. I'm almost done with the Ender, which is my um. third book, and then I'm hoping to start working on Dreamers, which. Um, the first chapter of Dreamers came in first place in our third place, sorry, in one of Dan's contests. And wow. so hopefully, uh, and Dan is really encouraging me to write that one. He likes that one a lot. Also, um, October 10th, if you live in the Woodland Park, Colorado area, I will be at the Woodland Park Library for a local author showcase. So I'm excited about that. So this oh, is kind of awesome. like my warm up for that, you know, <laughs> warming yeah. up for another interview time so so that's basically what i have in the docket right now 
Okay, awesome. Well, congratulations on that showcase, and um, yeah, Thanks. no doubt. Um, are you taking? You don't have to talk too much about it. And I'm sure it's still something you're working on actively, so you never want to give away too much of that. But um, with this next series you got coming up, is it? Would you say it's a divergent kind of path from where you what you've been working on? Is it something totally different, or is it something kind of in line with the kind of stuff you've done in the past? Um, the Dreamers series, I, I don't know if it's going to be one book or more than one book yet, but it is um, a more young adult um, because she is in high school. So it in the first chapter, which you can read online right now, is she basically um, she dreams about the future. And in her dream, she's like locked up in this room. Mm-hmm. And, and then by the end of the chapter... Because throughout the chapter, she's starting a new school, too, and all that part's in there. But when by the end of the chapter, all of a sudden, she hears this person who comes in the room in her dream. That's the future. And it's this guy. And this guy looks at her, and, and she, he says, Lucy. And she's all gagged and bound there. And he releases her, and he goes, I've been dreaming about you all my life. And it's like, that's how the chapter ends, and that's what I have so far. So. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so they're no both doubt. they're both dreamers. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay then. Um, I, I I like the paranormal kind of fantasy type stuff. Yeah. Okay, oh, totally. Yeah. That's that's up my alley there. So. Is it? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably more up yours than mine. But I'm always I'm always open for a good story. I'm yeah. Right. <laughs> um, what were maybe some mistakes? I mean, I know you kind of you said you had the you sat on your first one for about eight years before. Um, putting it out there or anything, but what were some mistakes that you maybe think you made early on that you would discourage other people from making, some things that maybe held you back? Okay. I think probably giving up. Um, I, <laughs> the Weaver, the, I do. I mean, yeah. the Weaver, I actually sent out to quite a few agents, and I started with agents. I didn't even think to send it to publishers at all um, oh, because okay. I thought, okay, the step is you need an agent who then would pitch it to publishers. And so I actually had an agent in New York who requested the entire manuscript and it's been through multiple revision, like multiple, multiple, multiple revisions since that time. But um, she ended up rejecting it. And so I just got kind of discouraged and, you know, I had a full time job. I had two little kids at home and it just got to be too much and the rejection of it. And I read um, Stephen King's book on writing. I don't know if you've ever read that. I would probably read it because I love Stephen King. It is an awesome book. And I remember him in that he was actually teaching. And he said he had to give up teaching because he was so tired when he got home and he didn't have time to write. And but he had a nail on the wall and he used to put his rejection letters up on the nail. <laughs> and, and so that just, that I just have that in my brain, you know, like you have to go through so many rejections before you get a yes, you know, and, and it has to be the right fit for somebody. Right. So I, I think that's the biggest thing is give up. What that's is, huge. what is that book by Stephen King about writing? What's it called? It's called on writing. On writing. Well, yes. that was easy enough. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it really pinpoints the purpose of the book. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a really good book. I mean, you won't be able to, I mean, you just want to keep reading it. I'm writing. writing it down. No, I'm typing <laughs> yeah. it in, so I'll probably order oh. itself off of something. There you go. <laughs> trying to think. Uh... Nope, lost my train of thought again. Now, now I'm going to read this book, and I want to get into writing. Uh, me and my wife were talking about it's like we're, when we finally live together because we're still working on that. We're gonna have okay. planned nights where we just write. Oh, great! So, <laughs> great. I, I don't know. She has all her moody stuff from high school, maybe hidden in a notebook somewhere. I have all these weird ideas. I just don't know how to put them on paper. So maybe one you know, day my... I I'll sit down and actually do it. My husband wants to collaborate with me too. He's a photographer. He loves taking pictures. So he wants to collaborate where I write the words and he takes the pictures for a book. And uh-huh. he just has he just has a lot of good ideas. I mean, I like to write novels, but he kind of wants to write maybe a children's book or something like that where he takes the pictures for it. And oh, so he, he wants oh, to collaborate. Oh, there's a book. Oh, there's a book. Oh, what's it called? Clive, <laughs> is it Clive? It's Clive Barker's children's book. Have you ever read it? It's called The Thief of Always. No. no, I think he does the illustrations himself. So every chapter has this really creepy picture. 
and it, it was done by Clive himself, and the book was also done by Clive. And it's a, uh, it's it's a young adult one, not so much as a children's book, but like a, okay, somewhere between young adult and children's, and it's a really creepy story about uh, kid runs away and he gets uh goes to a house that has the seasons every day. So like the beginning oh, wow. spring, summer in the middle, every night's Halloween Crazy. and you get whatever you want for <laughs> Christmas, right? Oh, and wow. um it ends up the guy who's in charge of the house is actually just you know like feeding off the souls of the kids. And uh it's a really really creepy story that but does the, sound il- creepy. the illustrations <laughs> the illustrations are really cool. So I just uh, you mentioned that and it was the first thing that popped in my head. It was really it was awesome. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I never heard of that one. Yeah, it's Clive, it's Clive Barker, so you know he does some creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not out of character for him. Yeah, no. nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wonder. Um, actually, and Terry's talking about you know kind of wanting to start writing and stuff like that. How did you go from? I mean, a lot of people have ideas in their head, and oh, can you imagine if this was a movie? That would be cool. And then it's gone by three o'clock. But when was the moment when you decided that uh, you're going to start writing these things down and build a full story? Like, when did you really feel like you were going to be a writer? I, you know, it was right after that time when I finished my master's degree because I was dedicating all this time to writing my papers mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I was done and it was like, okay, now I'm going to write books <laughs> instead of papers, you know? And so, um, and I don't, you know, I'm trying to think back because it was a long time ago where the idea for the Weaver came from. And it actually, I believe it was... Because I know that Inkheart has a similar premise, but I yeah. think her, her and her dad, they speak the words and, and, the, and the characters come out. Right. But, but um, I think I actually started writing this before Inkheart came out, if my oh. memory serves me correctly. <laughs> so I had this idea before that, but, um, but it's different. I mean, the whole storyline is, is different than Inkheart. Um, hmm. But... I, you know, I don't know exactly where the initial thought came from, but I knew it was going to be set at my college that I went to. I called it a different name in the book, but I, I just had a really cool campus where there was like these woods in the background or in the back of the college where um, there was a path that went way out and it went by a pond and then you go further out and there's a ropes course and it was just like really awesome setup for some cool scenes that happen out in the woods, so... Okay. Okay. Awesome. Some some, some attacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you changed the name of that place, and uh, you've mentioned some other characters by name. And I know something that often gets floated about author groups and stuff like that is the topic of name creation and stuff like that. So, how do you go about naming characters and places and stuff? Well, when I went into the Weaver, I wanted to make sure that the names of the characters that were in the book were from the colonial time period that they were coming from. So I made sure that I Googled and looked up names that would be from that time period where I had that correctly. You know, I didn't want to use um, a word, I don't know, like Xander or something like that, that would <laughs> fit, fit in that time period, you know? And uh, so then other names, you know, I try not to take from people that I know too much, Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, but I do know Elaney and, I have a Jason in the book. I know a Jason, but they're they're not exactly like I took it from those people. It's just I was just playing around with names and seeing. I mean, they've been renamed several times. The characters in my book, I've changed oh, okay. them. So, and I just wanted something that flowed well. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, the Ruby Slips and Poker Chips. Those names are actually kind of fun. So obviously, Dottie Gale is Dorothy Gale, but uh, this the Scarecrow's name is Shea Fields. And I found the name Shay because I guess it's like an English name for Scarecrow. Um, Yeah. And then um, the Tin Woman is named Tina Steele. And the lion is Ezekiel Lyons. Um, In the movie, the lion, um, when he's a farmhand, his name is Zeke. So I just named him Ezekiel Lyons. Mm -hmm. Mm Okay. Huh. So and the, that's where I came up with those names. Mm-hmm. Okay. And oh, and then the witch is Mac, Maxine Westward. Oh, I get <laughs> it. I get West, it. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the and then the um, 
the uh, wizard is the owner of the casino, and he's Mr. Oswald. So uh, okay, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. I, could, I could almost make a Batman reference there, but the yeah, two different you could. universes. <laughs> <laughs> you could just don't, but you could. You could. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and then I change. What is it? It's uh, Uncle Embry and Aunt Henrietta. Ah, around a little bit. Yeah. Okay. okay. So just kind of playing. It was fun coming up with those names for Ruby Slits. Yeah, I imagine that sounds actually kind of interesting. I well, I mean, more than kind of interesting, but I'm, I'm, hmm, yeah, I'm thinking, and I also think my yeah. wife would enjoy that. Yeah, she probably would. It's actually, it's kind of more of a funny book. It's a humorous romantic comedy kind of book. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. Um, so now I guess another question I'd have for you is what's your, I mean, where, what are your ambitions for writing? Are you, is this something that you're hoping will eventually be a full-time thing? Is that something that kind of scares you? That's, that's, you know, a, a lot to take or, you know, is this something you want to retire on, I guess, or? Um, I would love for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Um, I'm at a point in my career that I've been teaching 22 years uh, oh, wow. and I have a, and I have a master's degree. So it's kind of hard to replace my income right now, but, mm-hmm. um, but it would be awesome. I mean, I'm going to keep going at it. I'm going to keep working on it. And it would, I would love to be able to do it full time. Um, my, when we, when I first started writing and my husband was doing his photography, when I think my son was, I want to say six or seven, I, okay. we, made, we were on a walk one day and I said, okay, in five years, whoever's made more money on our hobby will get to pick a trip that we go on. Well, we ended up never doing it because we said when my son was 11 that we would do that. And my <laughs> my husband actually made like 200 bucks on at a craft fair on his, <laughs> on his uh, photography and my writing hadn't gone anywhere yet. So back then it was kind of pie in the sky and but now my husband, you know, we still have those conversations and he's like, where are you going to be five years from now? And I said, no, I mean, my hope is that I have more books out there and that that it's going well, you know? So I think with one book, it's kind of hard to get readers because you don't have another book for them to go to. Yeah. So you have to have more out there. And mm-hmm. so hopefully with the Weaver series coming out, that will help some with that. Mm-hmm. No, okay, very cool. No, I would agree. As somebody with one book, I would agree with that. Yeah. So you have a book out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? I have a murder mystery called Criminal that came out in 2017. Oh, awesome. Um, And yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's kind of hard when there's not something else um, for people to fall back on. So people want to be able to, because if they like that, it's almost a worst case scenario for a reader, because what now? Right. Like, what, right. What, what do you read now? You want to be able to get into something and just, just binge on them, you know? Exactly. And I've yeah. had people say that in the reviews. You know, they're like, a couple of people have said, keep writing and I'll keep reading. And But right now, they don't have anything to go to. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, probably part of Netflix culture, maybe. I don't know if that was always such a... I feel like people might have used, uh, might have had more patience to wait for a second thing, a second book, a second episode, you know, maybe many years ago. Right, right. Yeah, but I, everything's such a fast-paced now, now, now kind of thing that I... That's definitely an effect, I think. I remember having to wait for the next Harry Potter book, doing that all yep. the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just waiting and waiting uh-huh. for those books. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, back to um, teaching. I was going to say, how did you get into that? Because 22 years, that is a long time. I'm sure you've, you've had quite your share of experiences teaching, but what led you into that in the first place? Oh, goodness. Um, so when I was um, in high school, I thought I was going to go into business and make lots of money. I actually took typing class and I took, I don't know, shorthand. I mean, I took all these business classes and and then I ended up going to a big conference in Indiana with my church. And by the end of that, I was like, I'm going to go into a job where I'm helping people. I'm not going to go make lots of money. <laughs> and oh, that's awesome. So it was either going to be teaching or social work. So I double majored in elementary education and sociology and ended up student teaching and going into elementary education. Mm-hmm. And so I was... Yeah, I was 22 years old when I started teaching. So my first students I had in fourth grade are now like 32 years old. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. Because <laughs> they were only like 12 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long time teaching. Yeah. And and I enjoy it. I mean, I still enjoy it. I, I love seeing the kids every day and spending time with them and mm-hmm. trying to impart my love of writing on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, have you inspired any young authors that you know of? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's it's a different writing myself and teaching kids how to write. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, you know, I can imagine. It is. It's, you know, uh, some of them are very reluctant at writing. Um, mm-hmm. I've, um, I've worked on, I've actually read them a little bit of, of my Weaver book because I talk to them about showing and not telling. And so I have a part in the Weaver book where there's scary door. And so I never say in the, in the story that the door is scary, but from the description, it shows that the door is scary. And so I try to show the kids how they should try to implement that into their where they're not saying, I'm mad, but how do you know the person's mad, you know, and trying to show them how to do that. The show don't tell. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's what we call it. Yep. (laughs) An old art. Today I taught them about transition words. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> very cool, very cool. That's kind yeah. of that's got to be very uh, that's got to be very cool that you get to pass that on, kind of. And I mean, you still get to talk about something you enjoy so much, and it must keep you fresh too. Right, it does, it does, and you know, I try to tell them because it, it's such a struggle for them to write, handwrite one page of writing, and I tell them, I said, I have two hundred and fifty pages of typed. That's five hundred pages handwritten. <laughs> I said, you can write one page. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I know. <laughs> no freaking doubt. Uh, so do you, so did you, out of that, do you handwrite everything first? No, I don't. No, no okay, no. okay, okay. But okay. I'm just trying to tell them because when they go to type their work, if they only have a half of a page, that's only a quarter of a page typed. <laughs> yeah, no Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So just trying to translate that to them, you know, I have 250 type pages. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole lot different. That that's that's like 400 if you wrote it out in big exactly. gross writing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just, what? Oh, so go ahead. No, I'm just just trying to to get them to understand that you know that mm-hmm. a story you have you have to really fill in details there. You can't just. You know, and it's it's a lot of work to teach them how to do this. <laughs> yeah, to really build a story. Right, mm-hmm. right. Do you have any uh, favorite apps or anything like that that you use? I mean, I know myself, I write and drive a lot because it's the most secure place I can put something without it <laughs> self-destructing. <laughs> um, not really. I don't actually use any writing apps. Do you have any good uh, ideas? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, like I said, I use Google Drive. Um, okay, a lot Google and Drive. I think that's a good fundamental thing to use because it is cloud based and you can go back through multiple revision histories and stuff like that and you uh, can share it yeah and you can there also you share it if need be um, do right. you, so you just use word then I'm yes assuming? yeah okay yep. okay, okay. Yep. fair enough yeah Lots see that just scares uh... me because it's a file I can lose that's, yeah, <laughs> um, that's true my husband has one of those big I don't know what is it called terabyte drives to back up our computers on yeah yeah, so, yeah, an external so hard drive. Yeah, so he has like backups on there. Okay, okay. I I, I don't want to make you nervous. I don't I don't I don't want to be that person in any way. <laughs> but I that's exactly what makes me nervous because I've had two of them that completely went kaput and quit being read by my computer. Oh, oh no. no! Yeah, so that's why I'm just like, if I could just like put it out there somewhere in a place where the less it exists tangibly, the more different ways there are to get it back. It's not that I trust Google implicitly; it's that I trust them to recover it if they do something to it. You know, well, I've also, when I when I left for Costa Rica and there were forest fires happening around us, um, mm-hmm. I I emailed my story to myself in case yes. something happened to our house. That's smart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How were the forest fire? How were the forest fires down that way? Um, it was a pretty bad June this year. Um, yeah. oh, we had June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had one that was. I mean, it was near my old house because I've lived at three different places up in the county that I'm at right now, and yeah. 
So that one was pretty bad. Um, but it was, I would still say it's about 15 to 20 miles away from us. But, oh, you that's know, with scary. A, yeah. With yeah. A, forest, a forest fire, if you have a bad windy day, it could take off, you know? Right. And, that's uh, that's um, what happened to my hometown last year. Did uh, it? Yeah, I have a couple of my friends. It went right between the two towns I grew up in. It went okay. right between them, but it took out a bunch of the trailer parks and some of my friends' houses and friends' parents' houses. And it wasn't even a forest uh, fire. It was a grass fire. Yeah. But it was extremely windy, and off uh, it went, and it turned into a forest fire. And like it, it went all the way. It just kept going and going and going, and it's, uh, they finally put it out. Like I don't know this year. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, really? No, no, I'm wow. Okay. Exaggerating. Um, okay. And then this year it was the second worst ever in British Columbia. Oh wow! So, British Columbia it's, always burns down. Always. Yeah. And I'm and I'm so. sure you're this way that you never complain about snow and you never complain about rain. Once you've had forest fires, you never do. No, <laughs> I never please. complain. We were complaining about the air quality. Because yes. um, it was so bad this year. Like, it was red outside. We didn't see the sun for, like, a week. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was, it, it was a cold. It, like, it, the, the thermometer said it was, like, 25, like, 90, 85 Fahrenheit. But there was no warmth because the warmth couldn't get through the smoke. Mm -hmm. And it was you couldn't see down the end of the road. Oh, it was horrible. It got very, very intense over here, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's been a lot worse though than this year. So we've we've had some pretty devastating fires here before. Yeah, and we only have to suffer the uncomfortable effects where we live. We don't have to actually have the danger of it. First, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, we no. just get our sky filled with smoke. That's because you're in this. You're in the city, right? Yeah, you were in the city, okay. and we're out of the woods, right? We're not in British Columbia at all, mm. or in the mountains. Okay. There's there's no forests. There's forests, but not like big forests at all. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I was gonna make? I was gonna make a funny joke about British Columbia, but I don't think she'd get it. Just <laughs> 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 that at some point, British Columbia is like, oh my god, the smoke is so horrible. Meanwhile, like we're coughing our lungs out. We're like, yeah, you think? Because British Columbia doesn't care what happens to British Columbia unless it happens to Vancouver. And then people get in the uppity about it, right? Oh my god, oh, that's so bad. Is that where a majority of the population is? Yeah, everyone lives okay. in Vancouver, so they don't okay. care about a they don't care about a forest fire thousands of miles away until the smoke affects them. So There you go. Yeah. And but meanwhile we get all the secondhand smoke. Yeah, no, we just we just got the smoke from California this year. Yeah, that was bad. I lost yeah. a lot of wine. All the wine! No! <laughs> wine or wine? No, wine or wine. Okay, sorry. Uh, wine about the wine. Yeah. Yeah, we, get, we mainly get BC and Washington, I think. Yeah. Okay. Way. Yeah. That's, that's where it all comes the from. Smoke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they try to suffocate us to death, and that's all. And we complain about it and don't actually have to worry about our homes burning. No. Yeah. But yeah. all those trees, all those potential books. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. bring back, to bring it back to the writing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those potential books. Oh, that was a great turnaround. <laughs> hey, it, was, it was. It was. Beautiful. Uh, Way to bring us back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, 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 I'll try to cap off with one last writing-related question for you then. Uh, speaking okay. of bringing it around, what's your favorite part of the writing process? Because some people really agonize over making a first pass at editing and those kind of things. What's, what's your favorite part of that process? I think my first part, my favorite part is like just the, the drafting of the first story. And I, I know people say I'm crazy because I do this is I don't plan out my story a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I just write it and let the characters drive the story. And my husband says, oh, I'd be plotting it all out and having it all laid out. And I'm like, I can't do that. I want my characters to do what, what feels like they need to do in yeah, the story. Yeah, I totally and relate to this, by the way. So you? how you're just speaking to me. I totally relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point when I was writing The Watcher, I did stop that and kind of planned out the next few chapters but I mm -hmm. don't usually do that and I think that's my favorite part is just getting to know my characters and my story by what they do and how they act in the story so mm -hmm. that's awesome 
Okay. Yeah. That's a, I'm glad that's the last question I asked you about writing. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that, was really. a, that was a great answer. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Um. Now, I guess I would say, do you? Would you like to take a moment and tell everybody about your website? I believe you have a blog as well. Um, I hope I'm not I, wrong I about that. Uh, no, Twitter do. and all those places that they can find you, interact with you, and uh, buy your wonderful stories. <laughs> okay. So my um, blog and my website is heatherkint.com, and my last name is spelled K-I-N-D-T. Um, so I have a blog there that you can follow, and that would be awesome to see more people on there. Um, I also have a Facebook page, a Twitter, and... Um, and Instagram. So you could just look me up on there, Heather Kit, and I'd love to see more followers and see you on there. Okay, great. There's not a whole bunch of other people with your name, then you're pretty easy to find? I am. There is actually, I, I got a, a message on my website one time from an artist named Heather Kent. Okay. And um, she does artwork, and she said, Oh, she goes, I was just going to register heatherkint.com and you already took it. <laughs> and so, so she just had to add a little bit something else to her website. So there aren't any other writers out there with my name. There we okay. go. Yeah, that's yeah. the story behind everything Paul.net. Just, I just have way too common of a name. There's nothing left for me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, my my maiden name was Heather Johnson, so now I have a much more unique name. Yeah, oh, maybe you two are related. No, yeah, in some distant Johnson. way, no doubt. So, some Swedish way, right? Some, some Swedish way. <laughs> I have German. That's uh... oh, that's my kint side, but that's not my blood. That's my husband's side. So okay, ah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, okay, awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank, Thank you very you so much. much. Yeah, Thank you for having me on. For sure, for sure. It was very interesting talking to you, and uh, we'll make sure that you know everywhere that you can find this when it finally comes out. Um, as for our housekeeping, make sure you check us out on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts, because we're super easy to share, super easy to tell your friends about. Um, and when it comes to Apple, make sure you're leaving reviews, because it really helps. I'm sure you know all about that world, Heather. Uh, yes. <laughs> reviews sure help those who are trying to create things, Thank so you. please go ahead and leave us a review. And if you think you're super fascinating and you want to come join us on the Total Stick Cast without winning a contest to do so, um, check out everythingpaul.net slash beourguest. And you can fill out the form there and tell us why you belong on the Total Stick Cast. So I think that's just about it other than to say goodbye. Um, and Heather, here on the Total Stick Cast, when we say goodbye, we I don't know, have you listened to any other episodes of our show? Um, I listened to Dan's episode, but I didn't hear the ending. Okay, okay, that's the one part you didn't listen to. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we always let people go with a great big bye. So, okay. Bye. So, are you ready? No, I thought I'd give yes. you a warm up. I thought I'd give you okay. a moment. I, okay. I wasn't going to do that to you. So, are you ready? Yes. Okay, this has been the Total Stick Cast. This has been Heather Kent. Thank you very much for joining us. And bye. Bye. bye! <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. All right, there we go. Thank you for joining us on the Total Stick Cast. Connect with us online through Twitter and Facebook at Total Stick Show. And you can watch the things we make on YouTube by heading to youtube.com and searching for Total Stick Show. Or you can also find our content on newgrounds.com by going to totalstickshow.newgrounds.com. The Total Stick Cast is available on Google Play as well as iTunes, and your reviews will help other people find us and help us grow. Please take a moment to let us know what you think. The Total Stick Cast is hosted by Paul Johnson and Shane Hopefer. You can connect with Paul Johnson directly on Twitter at OffTheLP or at EverythingPaul.net. That's EverythingPaul.net. You can also reach us by email at TotalStickShow at gmail.com. This has been the Total Stick Cast. Thank you for making us part of your day.